be bad. Now, when you hear that at first impression, if you're visiting us for the first time, you're like, what the heck? What do you mean, why does it feel so good to be bad? Because we're telling you the real deal. We're not going to lie to you. We're not going to lay it the way it is. And we understand that it feels good to do bad things sometimes. Now, I want you to be honest. Have you ever had that burst of urge inside of you just broke out? All right, me and four other people in the room. Have you ever felt that burst inside of you, that urge? Have you ever slammed the door because you were angry? Come on, people. Have you ever had that moment where somebody cut you off and maybe you, come on, maybe some of you even flipped them the bird? Come on. You know those moments. Now you're saying, Pastor, I've never done that, never done that. Have you ever had that moment where somebody's speaking to you, you know, and just, you just have that, that urge inside of you, just letting that anger out? Maybe you got angry. Maybe I know somebody who gets so angry, every time she gets angry, she starts crying and she just starts crying and everything so it's it's our it's our uh uh our the director of administration in our church every time she gets angry she just starts crying she's walking down the hallway it's Karen and all of a sudden I walk by her and she's crying I'm like how are you she's I'm angry I'm angry and I'm like what the heck you know these urges inside of you some all of us at some point or another have these feelings inside of us and if you ask me pastor what is it it's the desires of the flesh in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 it gives you a breakdown of all the desires of the flesh it just pops up in your life and you could see the desires of the flesh all over the Bible. Now today uh, we're going to start a series and the series is based on what Paul is writing but I want and I'm not going to go here today I'll have to come back at the end of the series and bring this back to you but when you go into the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 it starts saying that they are obvious and it says some of them it says that some of them are sexual immorality sexual immorality so sexual desires inside of you now you may not have this some of you may say pastor that's not my situation but I want you to pay attention I'm not saying you suffer from all of them I'm just saying that it's a, it tends to be that human beings tend to gravitate towards these things we tend to gravitate sexual immorality mama come on porn is involved in there you may say pastor i'm not committing adultery or fornication but i watch porn i maybe you don't watch porn but you watch some things that are not porn but they are similar to porn you brought them into your marriage impurity debauchery i you know i had to look up debauchery because i didn't understand what it was and debauchery is when you when you indulge in self-pleasure just indulge and these, it's funny because these are one of those moments where you say, you know, I'm going to do it just because I want to do it. I don't care what anybody thinks, you know. It's those moments. Now, I'm not saying you suffer that or you go through that. You may not have this situation. There's idolatry when you have things that come before God. Idolatry aren't just statues. If you have something that comes before God, you say, well, you know what? I would do it, but the problem is that today I have to. I'm not going to church today because today I'm going to go play golf because golf is first. Maybe golf became an idol. Maybe your car became an idol. Maybe your house became a god well god knows my situation because i have to take care of my house seven days a week and you pick the one hour you're supposed to go to house of god come on can i get an, at least an ouch out there can i get an amen or something out there you, get that's an, you don't have to say amen people it's okay idolatry witchcraft now today's going to be an, uh, this whole month's going to be a very uncomfortable series because i'm going to talk about topics that nobody wants to talk about you don't want to hear these topics in church you want to hear god loves you you can do it Nobody wants to hear about the thing. Nobody wants. I heard this. Uh, I, uh, I was taught this phrase by somebody in our church. Actually, she was singing here right here in the middle. Jenny Hudson. I'd never heard that. You. Nobody wants to pull their skeletons out of the closet. But come on. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Pastor, I don't practice witchcraft. You don't practice witchcraft. But do you participate in witchcraft? Do you know that witchcraft is the hottest topic, the hottest selling topic on TV today? 
Witchcraft is the hottest selling topic. Now, I'm not going to bash her or go over Disney and all that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be an extremist. But did anybody see that movie called, that new kids movie called Moana? You say, do you enjoy it? Witchcraft. <laughs> hatred. Pastor, come on. I'm not in witchcraft. How about hatred? Is there somebody you hate? It's funny because I normally get people tell me, well, I don't hate anybody. I just don't really like them. Discord, jealousy. How about fits of rage? Fits of rage. Hmm. And I think this one's hard for me when I talk about fits of rage. Why? Because when I talk about fits of rage, a lot of things come to my mind. Fits of rage. You know, when I think about the other day, I was recording an announcement, right? And it didn't happen in real life, but, but it didn't really happen. But have you ever had like, is there like ever a movie running in your mind of what you would have done to the person? Have that happened to you? You know, fits of rage. I was recording this video. It didn't happen in real life, but as I think about it, I was there, and I was recording an announcement for this series, and at that specific moment, I could remember like if it was now. Only in my mind. You know, there's, there's moments that, that things are just, I don't know if you've ever felt that, where, yeah. you just get anno- mm-hmm. where you get annoyed, where somebody just really pulls you out of zone. Oh, yeah. has, it, has it ever happened to yeah. you? Have Every you ever day. been, what's wrong with you? Did you see I'm recording an announcement? Have you ever had that moment that's just... You just gotta take it out on somebody, you know? Just lose it! March! The series. Why does it feel so good to be back? Has it ever happened to yeah. you? Have you ever been... What's wrong with you? Drop that! Did you see I'm recording an announcement? Have you ever had that moment that's just... I don't know, just things that I thought in my mind, I guess, you know, but they're there. Fits of rage. Have you ever had those fits of rage? Have you ever grabbed something and thrown it against the floor or broken something or punched something, broken a window? Have you ever said, well, I didn't break a window? And you know, it's funny because the people that tend to break windows or punch walls, everybody fears them. Those are not the dangerous people. It's the people with fits of rage that stay quietly and grab a piece of paper and just crumble it as they look at you. Those are the the quiet ones. They're the ones that walk into the room with a gun and shoot everybody inside the room. Those are the weird people. But fits of rage. How about self-ambition, dissensions, factions? Here's another one. Envy, drunkenness, orgies. All of these things. And the Bible talks about the desires of the flesh. And as it talks about desires of the flesh, you may sit there and say, well, I have none of these in my life, Pastor. I live none of them. None of these. I have no problem. I sin not, Pastor. For without I do not sin, Pastor. Well, First of John chapter 1, verse 8, in the English Standard Version, has a Bible verse for you, and I want to dedicate it to you. If you're just sitting there saying, well, that's all you carnal people, but I don't feel, it doesn't feel good to be bad in my life. I just, you know, I'm, all, I'm a holy all the time. I never commit sin. First of John 1, 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If you sit there, if you listen to me, if you're watching me online and you say, I have no sin in me, you are deceiving yourself. The Bible says, not me, don't get upset at me, but the Bible says you're deceiving yourself. So here's the question. How do you overcome this situation of sin? Here's how the question comes. For those that are jotting down, this is going to be good for you, okay? How do you overcome these carnal flesh desires? How do you overcome these situations? You may not need this message now, but put it in your pocket because you're going to need it later. 
How do you overcome the desire? How do you overcome the temptation of drugs? How do you overcome the temptation of sex? How do you, of, of immoral sex? How do you, because sex is a good thing. It's immoral sex that's wrong. How do you overcome the desires of anger? How do you overcome the fits of rage? How do you overcome idolatry? How do you overcome witchcraft? How do you overcome all these things? How do you do it? Pastor, how do I beat the desires of the flesh in my body? What I'm going to do is throughout the whole month, we're going to bring what's called the biblical parallelism. In, in hermeneutics, the way it works, my hermeneutics, hermeneutics are, are, is the mythology of Bible interpretation. So when you grab the Bible and you go into the Bible and you're studying it, there's a specific way. There's some guidelines and some rules to follow. And in the guidelines and in the mythology, the mythology to be able to understand scriptures, there's something that gives it authority, that gives the canon authority. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, any book could be written and you could stick any book in there. But what makes it really the Bible? Why these 66 books inside the Bible? Why only these 66? There's something called the, the, uh, the authoritative canon of the scripture. And the authoritative canon of the scripture has one golden rule to it. And it's called a, a biblical parallelism. And when you find the biblical parallelism, what you find is that something that was written in the Old Testament is also written in the New Testament. So they're parallel. It's found in two different areas. And when you read it here and you read it here, and they're written in completely different times, and they're not referring one to the other, it's almost amazing to see God behind it because you know it had to be a spiritual thing. So what I did was we went into the Bible and we found biblical parallel. It's actually the three-way parallelism. You have David in the book of Psalms and David in the book of Psalms. And he's writing about this topic that's really hot. And he's talking and the topic is, why do I do these things inside of me? Why do I have these fleshly desires? But then you jump all the way. And, and that's in the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, you see David writing about that. Then you jump all the way across. And when you go into the, when you go into the Old Testament, when you go into the New Testament, you see in the book of Romans chapter 7, you see Paul writing the same thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take every piece of scripture in the in the book of in Psalms chapter 42 and every piece of scripture in the book of Romans chapter 7 and we're, we're going to take this hermeneutically and we're going to do what we're going to do is we're going to exegetically grab every single Bible verse from there and we're going to break it down and we're going to show you how they tie into the book of Galatians. So it's a three-way parallelism comproving the authority that God was sending a powerful message to us. And when you look at it, let's start looking at David's sense. In the book of Psalms, chapter 42, verse 1, you have David writing, and David starts writing. And look at how David writes in Psalm 42, 1. He says, as the deer pants, he says, as the deer pants for streams of water. It's panting. It's this, it's this huffing. It's this puffing. The, the original word, when you read it in its original version, when you read it the way it was written in the Hebrew, it starts, it doesn't start like that. It's really cool how it's written because it starts with the word azag and azag means pant. So when you read it, it wouldn't say we read it as the deer pants because of the way we, we, we build the sentence. But the way it's, it's saying as a deer pants for streams of water, the way we should read it is panting was the, panting is the deer for a stream of water. It starts with panting and it starts with, <laughs> Panting is longing for. So when you read it, the way it starts reading it, you would read it. It's like if you were reading, it starts. <sighs> the desperate, the desperation, the desire. There was a desire. He's panting for. He says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. He's saying, the Bible, Psalm is saying, David's writing, David's saying, God, I'm desperate. I long, I need you. He's going through a need. And look at the, and, and, and there, there's more to that verse. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Now he just doesn't say, I'm 
panting, I'm longing. He says, I'm thirsty for it. Now look at that word. Is my soul thirst for God, for the living God? When can I go and meet with my God? He's desperate for God. David is saying, man, my soul, my soul inside of me needs, needs God. I need to find him. I'm thirsty for him. Now when you read this, here's the funny part about it. We sing about it. My soul thirsts for you, my God, my thirsty soul. You know what he's really saying? He's only thirsty because he doesn't have it. If you have water and you drink water, you're not thirsty for it. When do you want water? When you didn't have the water, when you lacked it. So in the need of David saying, I am thirsty for God, he's saying, I don't feel him. Now, there's not you. This is just him. See, all the religious people in the room, all the people that love God, you never felt this. But all the real people in the room, all the real people watching online, all the real people downloading, there's sometimes you're saying, I'm praying, I don't feel God. I'm worshiping, I didn't feel him in the worship. I have a need, I'm thirsting, I'm longing. He's saying, I'm living. He's, he, David's talking about this struggle inside of him. Now, why, why does David say this? Because David says this, catch this people, David says this because David acknowledged his natural state. What do you mean your natural state? See, in the book of Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. The Lord says, for I knew you before I put you in the womb of your mom. Pastor, so what are you saying? Before you existed in that chair, you were in heaven. I was sharing the other day with Chastity. I was sitting down with Chastity, talking to Chas about this. And Chas just had a baby, little Caleb. There he is right now. Show us little Caleb. She's not walking out. This is all planned. Okay, walk out. <laughs> no, she's actually going to go change Caleb. And we appreciate, we appreciate your changing Caleb there and not here for illustration purposes. But she just had little Caleb, and I'm talking to her, and I was telling her, I was telling her, do you realize how difficult it is to have a baby? And she looks at me like, of course it is. And I explained to her why it was difficult. See, according to Scripture, before Caleb was put in the womb of Chas, before that baby was put in the womb of Chas, that baby was in heaven close to God, pre-existing. So if he pre-existed, what I'm saying is that I asked Chas, when was the last time you walked with Jesus? She says, well, I walked with Jesus. No, 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 no. When was the last time you walked with Jesus? He says, Pastor, I walk with, I, 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 no, no, no answer. I said, how old is Caleb? She said, two months old. I said, two months ago, Caleb was hanging out with Jesus. So you have this incredible spiritual being being sent to your womb, and he understands his natural phase better than you do. That's why there's innocence over him. And as life goes on, he starts corrupting that innocence. And the older you get, the more corrupted are your ways. And then she looked at me and I said, see, he understands his natural pre-existence better than you and than I do. There's a level of innocence inside of him. David's saying, my soul, my inner soul, not my flesh, my soul desires that natural phase. I have a natural need for God. Are you listening? We have a natural need for the presence of God. Every human being has a natural need for the presence of God. Every, every single. And when you're depressed, 
Listen, when you fall into depression, the depression is because you are really lacking a need of the presence of God. When you get in despair, when you're nervous, when you don't know what to do, you're lacking the presence of God. When you go into uh, anxiety, when you go into discouragement, oh, I'm so discouraged. Your, your soul is discouraged. Your soul is desperate. Your soul is in depression. And the reason you feel that way, listen up, come on, this is going to help somebody. The reason you feel that way is because you have a natural need inside of you. It's an urge, a natural urge of the spirit dwelling inside of you that says, man, I miss home. I miss the father. I miss where I come from. I need it. And what we do when we have that is what? When we have that, what happens is that we, we, we have this natural need and not attending to that natural need of the presence of God pulls us to the other side. And what does that pull us to? It pulls us to Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Paul says, we know that the law is spiritual. I know that there's a spiritual being. I know that it's all spiritual, but I'm trapped in this body, but I am unspiritual Paul says I am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin he says now look at look at that quote he says I'm so, so there's 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 a natural there's a natural being inside of me that 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 loves God and needs God but then I'm sold I have an inherited natural see I have a natural state of being and I have an inherited state of being pastor what do you mean in my natural state of being I was with God prior to mankind now in my inherited way I came to earth and was in this body and Adam and Eve inherited me to become slaves of sin so now Adam and Eve were on earth and they were, they were in the Garden of Eden. They were in this middle point. See, they were in this middle point. So Adam and Eve are created and they're in the Garden of Eden and being in the Garden. I know this is deep for some of you. And some of you are like, what the heck? This guy really went deep today. I didn't just give you a, a, par- a biblical parallelism, but I'm giving you a theological breakdown of the difference of what a trichotomy is. And I'm telling you right now that there's just human beings. And if you're sitting here and say, I, underst- I don't understand what the heck that man just said. Listen up. What I'm saying is that there is in the Garden of Eden, there's just Adam and Eve and they're living there and they have this natural presence of God and God in heaven sent them to earth to be able to to enjoy this physical world and live in this physical world and being there connected to God they stand on that borderline from here over and God says now if you really wanted your own thing I'll give you the freedom to go that way but it's your choice and Satan came and talked to them talked to them talked to them and convinced them and from that moment over, I am in an unspiritual body. And I am, I, am a soul to, I am sold as a slave to sin. And what happens when you're there is that, look what happens. Now you have a controversy and a, a debate. Now you have your, your physical body contending, your flesh. We call it flesh. Our flesh is contending with the spirit. So the spirit says, I want God. I want more of him. And our flesh says, no, I am not spiritual. And in that battle, what happens is that there's a soul right in the middle. And the soul needs somebody to lead it the soul is saying please somebody lead me somebody lead me your soul your emotions your mind your thoughts the way you think you sit at home with your marriage with your kids with your children you sit there and say, I, I, I need I, I, somebody lead my soul and here's the thing it's either going to be a spiritually led or it's going to be physically led but here's what happens when because we're in this physical body and we tend to incline to this way we start thinking this way watch how you start thinking the next verse starts saying this to us it says I do not understand what I do for what I want to do I do not do what I want to do my spiritual being I do not do but what I hate the things I hate the sinful lust the deceit the debauchery the the lust the idolatry the 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 anger the fits of rage the lies those things I do and I hate them but why do I do them pastor because it feels real good to the flesh 
That's all it is. When you do things in your natural being of spiritual, it'll feel good to the spirit. But when you do bad things, it'll feel good to the flesh. Because the flesh is not spiritual. That's why it feels so good to be bad. So, Pastor, what do I do? Here, here. You decide today who leads the soul. That easy. I'm almost done. You decide today who's your soul, your emotions. You decide who's going to lead your emotions. You decide who's going to lead the way you act with your wife. Come on, come on, pay attention. You decide the way you're going to act before your wife. You decide how you're going to treat your children. You decide, you, you stand here today and decide today who's going to lead you. And if you say, well, pastor, well, I don't know because you got to understand that I'm in this fleshly body and I know I have a natural being. And you said that there was a spirit in the flesh, but I want to obey the spirit. But the flesh contends with me. Paul said that he would contend. And if Paul was Paul, come on, he was the dude and he was struggling. How much more will I struggle with that? Okay, then what do I do, pastor? What do I do? Real easy right here, right here. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. So there's no doubt. Straight up. I'll give it to you. I won't water it down. Pastor, what do I do to live the spiritual life and be happy in the natural state being that I was created? How do I do that? So I say, walk by the Spirit. Stop. Pastor, what do I do? Walk by the Spirit. Think about it. I'm standing here and I need somebody to lead me. So who do I say? I look at the Spirit and I say, Spirit, lead me. I walk Whichever way you want me to walk. I'll walk in the spiritual stuff. Now, and here's the funny part to it. Now, I'm sharing this with Josue. There's a very simple message. You want to hear the simple version to it that most of you have heard? Is it? I have a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Simple version of the sermon. I have a battle between my flesh and my spirit. But my soul is afflicted inside of me god help me help me god help me help me brother what you need to do is walk by the spirit i know that that's easy it's written it's clear the bible says so i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh pastor it's easy message we're done right just what you're telling me is walk that's easy i knew that pastor that's come on come on how how elementary this is a this is a children's i could bring the kids from children's church over and sit them here right now and the kids would be like yeah 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 i i am in the flesh i am in the flesh i have a body i commit sins i lie to mommy and daddy i do bad things and god wants me to do good things and all i have to do is walk by the spirit and everybody walks out of church rejoice pastor that's easy walk by the spirit here's a question if it's so easy and it's so elementary and it's so basic how come you can't do it Come on, be real with me, man. Yesterday, I preached a powerful sermon in Charlotte. I preached on on First Timothy chapter four, five, chapter four, verse verse one, and First Timothy chapter four, verse five. Check it out. I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to break down my realness to you. So, if my sermon is any good today, I just lo- I'm going to lose it right now. If you're visiting for the first time, one of two things: you're either going to hate me and say he's not worth listening to, or you're going to walk out of here and say I need that in my life. 
But listen to this. I sit down and I, and I prepare this sermon in the morning and, I, and I'm praying and I go to my knees and say, God, I'm going to start this new series in Charlotte. So I'm going to take it there. I'm not going to start in Hickory. I'm going to start in Charlotte because we had service last night in Charlotte. And, and, and I say, God, give me, give me the word for Charlotte. You know, t- tell, me, tell me if I preach. And God tells me, lay on your back. And I lay it on my back. And every time God tells me to lay on my back, I know I'm in trouble. He says, lay on my back. And I lay down on my back. And he says, kick your feet up. And I kick my feet up. So now I'm laying, in my, I'm laying on my back and I have my feet kicked up, right? And I'm, I'm in my office at home and I'm doing this. And then he says, how do you feel? And I say, I feel vulnerable, God. I feel vulnerable. And God said, I promise you that tonight there will be somebody in the crowd that feels so vulnerable and so discouraged that you will need to tell them that in their discouragement, they need to cast out and do. And then he, he whispered to me, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I had no idea what it said. So I went to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. And First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, reject all lies. It says, reject all lies. What it says, cast out all lies. And exercise yourself in deity, exercise yourself in pity, exercise yourself in godliness. So the Bible's saying that you have to reject all lies that are coming to your mind that are discouraging you. And I told the crowd, guys, you gotta reject all the lies that are coming to your mind. I was on fire, baby, and it was going, you gotta reject the lies, you gotta reject the discouragement, you gotta cast it out. Don't let Satan lie to you and tell you that it's insufficient. Don't let your ministry feel like it's nothing. And I'm preaching it, man. I was on fire. Service is over and we had a five people to convert to jesus christ we had over 30 people raise their hand it was incredible the night finished i got in my car i'm driving home from charlotte and the first thing i do when i turn to my wife i said honey that message sucked and my wife looks at me and says very encouraging words she says yeah it wasn't that good But then she made me feel better. He says, you know, I preached the word and I have felt just like you. I felt miserable many times. I wasn't feeling miserable. Now she's really making me feel miserable. And I look over and I say, she says, she says, she says how do you feel? And she was, she was setting me up. I turned to her and I said, I feel discouraged. She said, well, look at that. That's what you just preached, preacher. And what came through my mind is, how hypocritical can I be? I just preached a sermon to a crowd. There were over 200-something people there last night. I preached to a crowd, and I said, God, I preached to a crowd, and I told them not to be discouraged. And I walk out of the room, and the first thing that hits me is discouragement. <laughs> I say, don't listen to lies. And he starts lying to me. I start believing them. Pastor, what does this have to do with this message? Absolutely nothing. So why are you doing the illustration? Because the same principle applies. Pastor, what's the same principle? We need to walk by the Spirit. And I ask you to walk by the Spirit. And I don't know how many of you want to be more spiritual in your natural being. Because there's a high price to pay in the flesh. And I'll teach that next week. The price of the flesh. I'll tell you the price. Because it feels real good to do bad things. But next week, I'm going to teach you. You got to download. You got to watch online. You got to connect. You got to be alive or download. Or you got to be in the house of God real quick. Because I'm going to teach you next week the price you will really pay for satisfying the flesh. Pastor, I know I'm going to hell. No, it's not that you're going to hell. There's a big price you're going to pay. What is it? You got to come back next week. But for the time being, let me talk to you about the price of the spiritual things. Because when you take a spiritual hit, which is what I'm defining it, there's physical hits, flesh hits, and there's spiritual hits. Next week, the sermon is flesh hits. And the week after that, it's spiritual hits. And I'm going to tell you what each one gives you. But stop and listen to me for one second. Because what I'm about to tell you in the next five minutes is going to wrap up this sermon. And you need to pay attention because it's the difference between you having a breakthrough or you living the rest of life exactly where you are. There's a level of hypocrisy that's going to live inside of you. And the level of hypocrisy inside 
inside of you will act, make you act like you're all holier than thou, that everybody sins, that it's okay, that it doesn't matter. But the Bible says very clearly, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 40 and 41 in the message version, it says, don't take the message lightly. Don't sit there and act all holier. Yeah, I got to walk by the spirit. What does it mean to walk by the spirit? To walk by the spirit means that we have 21 days of fast and prayer coming up. And this next Wednesday, I'm teaching what fast and prayer is. And it says that if you want to walk by the spirit and not to have the desires of the flesh and overcome the fits of rage and the situations you have, you need to fast and pray. What does it mean? It means that if you want to live in the spirit, you got to understand that that one and a half hour a week that you dedicate in the house of the God makes the difference between a carnal person and a spiritual person. If you want the spirit to lead you, you got to feed into the spirit. You got to exercise the spirit because I don't care how strong you think you are. I am telling you that no matter how strong I think I am, I constantly fall down and keep on having desires of the flesh and thoughts of discouragement. And I have to cast them out and say, I need to exercise in the spirit. You need to be able to come to the house of the Lord. When I pull out my wallet and the offering plate comes through and now you visitors, don't worry, relax. I'm not pulling out your money. But to those that are part of the house, when I decide to take from my money and empower the kingdom of God, listen, God ain't coming down. When you say I'm giving my money to God, you are not giving your money to God. I have never seen in 27 years Jesus come down and say, okay, I'm taking it to heaven and take it to him. I mean, never seen, never seen that, never seen that. So who am I giving the money to? You're giving the money to your own spiritual being because you need it, man. You need it. You pay 10, you pay 10 bucks at Planet Fitness. No offense, my brother. I have a trainer from Planet Fitness here. You pay your 10 bucks to Planet Fitness and you're 59 a month because you need to exercise your body. You'll pay a $700 for that liposuction right out. You pay it. You pay it. You pay it. I can't see. I can't see. And you pay $300 for your glasses because you can't see. You can't see. You do those beautiful nails for $19.99 with the Chinese people, right? You go do your beautiful hair and you're doing you're the perm and you pay 150 bucks for that, right? You'll pay the price for your physical growth and you'll even pay the doctor, but you will not pay the price to invest in your spiritual life. Come on. Come on. So, so, so you pull out your wallet and you say, you know what? I paid at Carmike $15.99 to watch that 3D movie. I better drop something in the offering plate because every Sunday I am so messed up and so carnal. I want the house of the God to edify me. But here's the cool part. The $15.99 you're dropping in the offering plate, half of it is for you and the other half goes to people in need that need to break bondage and be inspired and you contribute to be able to make a difference to help other people. You help those kids in children's church. You help the mission field when you give. Pastor, what are you talking about money? What does that have to do? When you can't let go of physical things, it's because you're tied to them in the flesh. When you're able to say, God, you're first and a priority in my life, you're willing to drop anything that's physical. I do crack. I do coke. I do marijuana. I watch porn. I lie. I cheat. I do this. I have debauchery. I'm a procrastinator. I stay at home. I'm always giving cheap excuses and not serving the house of God. All those things that are fleshly, you're able to detach from them and say, you know what? I need a little bit more of the spirit because I know and I acknowledge how hypocritical I could be. I need to, I need, listen, listen, it comes down to this. I need my soul. 
I need my soul. My, my soul thirsts for you, God. I need you. David was King David, the psalmist, the singer, the, the, the anointed man of God. And he took 21 days of prayer. He said, it is better to be one day in the house of God than a thousand out of it. David, the worshiper. David, the singer, the true singer, the man who had a heart conformed to God's, to God's desire. This man would sit there and he would say, my soul. Listen, listen. He would say, my soul thirsts for you, God. God, I need you, man. I need you. My soul, you know, you know, there we, we sang that song. Put the words up for the song for me where it says, My soul. We sang that song a minute, and here's what you don't understand. When you listen to this, you gotta ask yourself, you know, you know, you gotta ask yourself before you play the drums, you gotta ask yourself before you play the guitar, you gotta ask yourself before you sit there, you're gonna go home. I'm sending you home, and here's what you gotta ask yourself. You gotta ask yourself, God, does my soul who needs a leader, is it led by the flesh? Because it feels good to do bad things. Or am I letting the soul lead it? Am I letting the spirit lead my soul? How do you let the spirit lead your soul? Watch. Watch. My soul sings. My soul sings. My soul sings. I love you, God. I messed up this week, but I love you. You know, God, I mess up with procrastination and debauchery and idolatry and witchcraft. I messed up, but my soul, oh, my soul loves you. I pant. I need. I long for your presence, God. So when you get a chance, a small chance, like Sunday morning, to be able to come to the house of God, you have two options. You could sit there like a dead corpse and simply go through all the motions that are going to go through. Or you could say, no, it's Sunday morning. I will rise from my chair. I will stand up and I will praise and worship. Is there somebody who can rise from their chair, stand up right now and say, my soul worship. Can somebody put your hands together and praise an all-powerful living God? You say, my my soul thirsts for God. My soul needs God. I need you, God. My soul thirsts for you. I love you. I want somebody to shout with me. I love you, God. Come on, anybody. Shout it again. I love you, God. Come on, be free. Say, I need you, God. I want somebody in the room to shout, I need you, God. So now, here's your chance. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. I'm not going to do an altar call. I'm going to send you home. But I'm opening up to a series that's going to impact your life. And it's going to teach you to sing, my soul, my soul loves you. I want you to empower the spirit and be led. Listen, somebody's going to lead you. It better be the spirit. And I don't know who's leading you right now. If it's, I don't know who's taking you to where those bad areas of your life. But I am inviting you to go into a series this month that's going to teach you how to overcome the desires of the flesh. You need this to be that better wife. You need this to be that better husband. You need this to be that better child, that better son. You need this to be that better leader that God's calling to be. You need this. So let the spirit lead you. And you say, God, my soul loves you. Come on. If you love God and you need God, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just say, my soul. I want you to repeat that. My soul sings. My soul sings. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed today's message and you want to help us expand our ministry, so by going to donate at www.ichurchoka.com slash give.